If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on uh, and Security for All. We, uh, Kim is she is out. She has been doing a couple of great events in Baltimore and Detroit over the last week or so, and so she asked me to come in and uh, have another episode with you guys. I appreciate you having me back. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I've got a great show today. Uh, before we get started, just a reminder that you can find us on the Voice American Network and on your favorite podcast software. Um, we've got a, a couple of students here. Um, it, it's hard for me to say students because I, I don't think of them as students. Uh, they're, they're part of my uh, security operations team. If you guys remember back from a couple of episodes ago where we talked about uh, me hiring a, a handful of students to come and work for me here at uh, or at the University of Tulsa uh, to do some security analysis uh, in the, the student uh, the security operations center. Well, we've got some great students and I asked them to come in and, and really what I wanted to do is kind of get their point of view over the, the the future of cybersecurity and how they see it and them getting into the industry. So I'm really excited. So I'm going to go around the uh, the table real quick uh, and let everyone introduce themselves and kind of give us what where they're at in their academic career and then we'll start on the questions. So why don't we have Kate, why don't you go ahead and get started first. Hello. So, yes, my name is Kate Sharp. I am a junior at the University of Tulsa studying both computer science and cybersecurity. Um, I'm really excited to be on the show today. All right. Sean, you're next. Hi, everyone. My name is Sean Williams. I am a junior at the University of Tulsa, and I am studying computer information systems and cybersecurity. Okay, and Don. All right, hello all. I'm a, I'm a freshman at the University of Tulsa, and I'm studying um, cybersecurity as well. I'm very excited to be on part of this program. Well, I'm really, really excited you guys decided to come and join me. I uh, I don't want them to think that I was forcing them to come and join us today. Uh, they were all really excited. So when I asked them to, to come in and help us with this, now we're actually uh, on location at a conference here in, in uh, Tulsa or in Glenpool, it's just south of Tulsa. But it's one of our uh, um, one of our cybersecurity conferences here. It's called B Sides, and uh, and we've actually had Kate. She uh, she actually presented. Um, just a few well about an hour ago or two hours ago a a couple hours ago yeah and uh so she's been doing a great job and and they've all been doing a lot of events i kind of took them away from going to the the sessions to come and talk with us i appreciate that you guys um all right so let's let's kind of get started so one thing i want to know is why did you guys get started and i'm going to go around the table again so why did you guys get started in cybersecurity? so give us a kind of a why? What made you think this was going to be interesting? Why it was fun? You know, kind of how you got started in doing cybersecurity, data privacy, that sort of stuff. So let's start with you, Kate. Okay, so I think I got started a little bit later than most people who pursue this degree in the sense that I didn't really think of computer science as a career path until about my junior, senior year of high school. Never really programmed before that point. Um, but you know, after I got kind of sucked into the computer science realm and got to TU, I got dragged into the computer cybersecurity realm, and then ever since then, you know, history. So, um, 
you know, I've been in it for, I guess, what, four or five years now, four-ish years now. Yeah. So. And, and that kind of seems to happen. You know, people will go into to one program and, you know, they'll, they'll start doing some stuff. Maybe they'll get part of a, an organization or a student group or something. And they kind of dive. If you've got that inclination to do cybersecurity, um, it, it's really pretty easy to just kind of get sucked into to doing it more and more and more. So, all right. How about you, Sean? What, what, how did you get started and, you know, where'd you come from? Yeah, so I've always been kind of a technical individual. Uh, for a long time, I've been very interested in computers and how they work. Uh, but I didn't really know that I wanted to do the security side of things until probably my freshman year of college. Uh, hence why I am a CIS major. I started as a CIS major and I was looking for a minor and one of my academic advisors suggested to me that the cybersecurity minor uh, works very well with what we're doing in the uh, business college as a CIS student. Um, so I took the minor and uh, when I declared it after this, very shortly after that, I had been involved in a class presentation in which one of our competitive teams came and gave a presentation about some of the things that they do uh, on the competitive team, uh, blue teaming, uh, and they said they were looking for people. So I joined that and I found that my interests, uh, my technical interests with uh, Windows Server and stuff like that actually aligned very well with the cybersecurity industry because they're always looking for people that have the technical knowledge and the security knowledge to kind of blend it together. So that's 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 how I got into cybersecurity. It was uh, it's it, like Kate. Uh, it was very recent that I learned that I wanted to do something like that. Yeah, you know the thing about cybersecurity is there's so many different aspects. You know, you've got the course, the, the technical side, you've got the governance side, you've got the management side, you got the leadership side. And, you know, it, it's really interesting. You know, with your technical skills coming in, that's one of the things I want people to really understand is they can come from any direction. They can come from any aspect. You know, whether it's business school, um, arts and sciences, engineering. You know, you having that mindset of we want to protect people we want to protect systems they can they can be a part of the cybersecurity and you know the, the overall security industry so it's really great and i'm uh, really excited you're here okay don how about you how did you get into uh, uh security and how did, you, how did you get this path so jumping off of what you said jonathan actually um like i didn't know i could barely even use a computer much past an Excel sheet about two years ago, whenever I was, I was, in, was in the military. I spent, about, I spent about seven and a half years in the United States Marine Corps. And I think this, I think I have like probably one of the dumbest reasons why I started trying to get into cybersecurity. It was I saw a YouTube video of a stream from DEF CON and thought that was the coolest thing I had ever seen in my entire life. And then just started getting fixed on learning about computers and like how to make them safe and want how to break into them as well. That's just extremely interesting. It's just like how little things can create big results. Yeah. So that's what led me down that path. So once I got out of the military, uh, by fluke, I ended up choosing choosing TU, and it turns out it was a very good choice. Um, I just got lucky on that on that aspect. I was like, "Ah, oh, it looks cool. I wanted to try that," and then I found out about everything that was such a good opportunity at TU. So. Well, I appreciate that, and I think we're really lucky. Number one, you've got the background, the military background, and you know, there's a lot of veterans that get into cybersecurity. They've got a uh, 
they have a very specific mindset of mission and, uh, and protection, and that really lends well to cybersecurity and to the security concepts that we do in protecting our environments. So uh, we're really excited that you, number one, you came to TU. Number two, you came to join us in the SOC. You know, I was, I was really excited about that. So I wanted to uh, let everyone know that um, if you have any questions for the students or for me, please uh, throw it in the chat. We'd love to uh, uh, to answer any of those questions or otherwise engage with the, with the audience. So as we're going through these things, just uh, please throw any questions you have into the chat. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about what you're learning. You know, specifically what you're learning in your cybersecurity classes, uh, your classes, or even just your IT classes, any classes you're doing, how is that helping you prepare for moving forward into cybersecurity? So let's start with Kate, and we'll again, we'll go around the room. So tell us what you're learning in classes and what what is that value there for you? Yeah, so thus far, a lot of my classes have been the computer science classes, the bachelor's degree in cybersecurity at TU just became available like this past fall. So some of the classes that are related to that degree are new and have not been taught yet. Um, but as far as the technical classes that I have taken, you know, we get practices with cloud infrastructure, we get um, some really basic tool learning, that sort of thing. And I really think that's applicable to the job market. You know, I've already had an internship where the things I was learning in the classroom helped me with the internship and vice versa. Right. Okay. Um, Sean, you're next. What, what, what are you seeing in your classes that is really helping you prepare for the future? Sure. So uh, in most of my classes that I've taken, like Kate, I haven't taken a whole lot of cybersecurity courses yet. Um, because just a lot of them weren't there until this year. Um, but in some of my just general technical classes, uh, one of the skills that I think honestly uh, and has been very helpful to me is the programming skills that I have learned in my programming classes. Uh, while they haven't been directly applicable in my professional life or my past internship, um, the knowledge of just designing good code uh, helped me very much in PowerShell scripting, which is very useful, and Bash scripting. I'm more of a Windows guy, though, so I stick to PowerShell a lot of the time. Um, but so I used a ton of PowerShell scripts in uh, both my internship last summer, and I've used a couple of them uh, for some just some investigations that I've performed at the SOC. Um, and it's, it's very helpful. It helps you get good information, and especially just knowing how to write that good code that's structured well uh, you can pretty much find any information you want to find. So that's that's what I'm thinking is going to help me is those programming skills. Okay. And Don, what's, uh, what do you got? Well, for me, um, let's see, I'm only taking one, I'm only in the process of taking my first uh, cybersecurity-related class, and it's an intro to cybersecurity. So right, what it's doing for me is uh, laying a good foundation and base work, baseline of, like, a lot of it's terminology, learning how the terminology works for, like, different ways we classify threats, um, different types of vulnerabilities that exist, so on and so forth. So it's a really good... Um, baseline of the skill set of the skill set that I'm just I'm still learning at the, at the, as as I go along because I'm not quite as familiar as everyone else is on everything so good stuff for me yeah um, 
to be fair, you had some previous experience in understanding yeah. attacks and a few other mm-hmm. things. So don't don't let Don fool you into thinking he's a, an intro into this. He's he, he's got some he's got some of those skill sets back there that, that I've been taking advantage of at the at the SOC. So speaking of the SOC, I wanted to kind of get your guys' thoughts. Now you've you've done your classes, you've done some internships. Well, now you're you're, you're working for me, of course, at the SOC. Um, and I wanted to see what are your thoughts? You know, we've, we've, we've kind of, you've been working for a couple of months now, and I wanted to get your thoughts on um, seeing it from a different side, you know, seeing it from the different side of being the, the defense side, the blue team side of defending the network or looking for problems if anywhere. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Kate. Yeah, so one thing that the SOC has really provided thus far that, you know, the classes and the competition teams that I'm a part of has not done is just that repetitive practice. You know, with anything relating to security and, you know, setting up infrastructure that's actually usable and you can secure is a little difficult to do at a small level. Uh, So being able to go into the SOC every day and learn about a network as big as TUs and apply different tools that we learned maybe in the classroom or that you taught us or, you know, Tyler Reed, you know, any of those kinds of tools um, on that big of an infrastructure is really a big help. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of the things that I wanted you guys to get in. I mean, I put you on a live network, you know, full size class B network with real, real attacks, real machines, real users. Um, and I wanted you to, to, to get in there and see what it's like. Um, we we have one of the bigger networks in Oklahoma um, at our university and you know that that'll help hopefully help you as you move into your, the future into your jobs because you know when they say hey go go scan these 60,000 machines okay this is how we'll do it so all right John how about you yeah so pretty much feeding off what Kate had said um, I have done some stuff in the past with securing things, but never on anything this large before, obviously. Um, And most of the stuff that I had done, uh, defense tools, things like that, especially in our competitions and stuff, it's all been on-prem tools, just looking through the Windows Event Viewer, things like that. Something that the SOC has provided to me is experience in more of a cloud-based environment. Um, because we use tools that are based that you just can't have on just an on-prem infrastructure like Azure AD, things like that. Um, I've not ever had practice with any of those things before the SOC. My company that I came from doing my internship prided prided itself on having majority on-prem stuff, and they were just starting to migrate some of the stuff to the cloud. So just that stuff with the cloud-based environment, it's been great experience, and I, I really enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, we we're hybrid. I yeah. mean, we are migrating, so and it's going to take time. You know, we will have on-prem stuff, and we will move in the cloud. But I think you're going to find that everywhere. You know, as the future moves forward, there'll be a mixture of hybrid and in the cloud, and, and understanding how those pieces work and how to scan and use the tools in both is going to be extremely useful for a very long time, actually. All right, Don, how about you? So I think. I think some of like the best things that I've learned from the SOC so far is like getting the actual hands-on experience. Like, like again, I'm gonna echo what everybody else said. It's a very, very useful thing is getting hands-on experience with like these tools that we're gonna actually be used in an actual environment. It's a lot less of uh, 
something I used to always say in the military, training scars of like when you set up like this practice network, um, you're not quite doing exactly how you would in the real life scenario, but here we are. We are doing it exactly how things should be done, so on and so forth like that, as well as like it's a good learning point of like teaching me exactly what I don't know because you never you can never learn what you don't know, but you can be you can be shown what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I can tell you that the, the stuff that I've been doing, you know, we, we have a, a standard training process that we do in the SOC for you guys. And, and it's only two hours a week. You know, we give you the tools, we give you two hours, and we just kind of turn you loose on it. And we, throughout the week, we drill you on it. And one of the things that I've found really useful, at least for me, is that, like, kind of what you said, Kate, is that repetitive, you know, we do this every day. You know, go and check these tools, go do this process, go look for this, you know, these vulnerabilities. You, know, you do this stuff every day, all day long while on your shift. It, it gets into the muscle memory or mental memory, you know, that muscle memory of, yep, you're just automatically doing it. And, and I think that that's really important as you get out to production environments, having that stuff, you don't have to think about it anymore. You just, you're doing it regularly because then you got to focus on new stuff and you're constantly learning, constantly growing. So we had a, a question, and it looks like uh, um, we had somebody ask about if it's going to be recorded, and the answer is yes. So the, the session is being recorded. It's going to be found on, on LinkedIn and on the Voice America Network. So uh, make sure you check that out on your favorite podcast uh, tools because that's uh, it's a great way to catch us afterward. You know, I always get people who uh, will uh, chat with me on LinkedIn um, several you know, days and even a week later because they watch the episode later. Okay, so let's kind of get into the nitty gritty of some of the things that I want to know about in terms of it. the things you're seeing at the soccer, seeing out in the world for cybersecurity and how that is affecting what you're doing in your classes. It, and really, not really for your classes, but what attacks concern you? So that, that's, the, that's the gist of it is think about everything we've done, everything you have seen, everything that you've practiced. Right now, what are the attacks that concern you for organizations? So, Kate, I'll have you go first. Yeah, so attacks for organizations. I mean, I think one thing that we're seeing is cyber warfare kind of become a little more mainstream as a form of damaging warfare. And, you know, current events are really kind of displaying that without naming said current events. But, um, you know, some of the things that I think for institutions would be, you know, DDoS attacks, that sort of thing, uh, broad kinds of, or compromise, password attacks, that fun, all that fun stuff. The other thing that would kind of be a secondary effect for organizations would be attacks on our national infrastructure, like power grids, water, government agencies. And I think not only would that affect a particular organization, but it would affect the whole, affect the whole network of organizations and it could be really detrimental to economies yeah absolutely that's uh infrastructure attacks or something that's really big in the industry right now in fact there's lots of the the speakers here at b-sides are talking about those sorts of things you know the um, the devices and the organization so that's a that's a, a real issue uh, it's a real threat to us in the industry and to the organizations okay sean how about you what, what what do you see out there? Yeah, so personally, uh, what I see in the attacks is some of the things like Kate had mentioned, like DDoS attacks being detrimental to your organization. Um, but another thing that I've noticed that I think is very crucial when it comes to protecting your organization against attacks, or, you know, a lot of people think about attacks coming into your organization. Well, once they're in, 
um, a lot of times <laughs> your machines will have malware on them and they're going to be attacking people outside of your organization. So then what's happening? People are seeing attacks coming from your IP space and they're like, why is this happening? And the, the responsibility to prevent things like that really lies on the shoulders of the people that work in the security department at those organizations. And it's not something that I really had thought about until I had started working in the security field. And I realized this really is a thing that you need to watch out for because you could have a bunch of computers on your network that are part of a botnet calling out to Russia or you know anywhere really. And it's just doing detrimental things that you need to keep an eye on. So that's something that I've noticed and something that I really think is important now is keeping track of traffic that's leaving your network. Yeah, that, and that's really hard. I yeah. mean, you think a, a very large network, it's easy to think about inbound firewalls. It's really difficult to think about outbound stuff. Um, but that's one of the things that we absolutely do need to focus on is watching for outbound traffic, not only attacks, but also data leaving and data exfiltration. You know, that's a, that's a major issue for all organizations. Okay, Don, how about you? What's, uh, what's your thoughts? Well, Sean went ahead and stole my thunder. That's exactly what I was going to talk about as well. But something that's also that's been very interesting to see develop over the last uh, couple of years is um, um, supply chain. Because supply supply chain issues for attacks and like seeing like how little small things like uh, they just the manufacturer didn't quite do something just right and it just leads into this a cascade of. Uh, things being breached alongside of it. Like along like one of the things that I think of recently was some of the internet like the IoT devices. I wanna say it was like the way security cameras, I'm not entirely sure which. It doesn't matter. But regardless, they um, they had some issues and like it's being able to be exploited and it's nothing that that, that the uh, the consumer can do about it. It's no longer supported. So it's one of those things that kinda of keeps me up keeps me up a little bit is like where's our stuff actually coming from? Right. Okay, well now the question is, how are you gonna solve this? So what do you guys want to do? I'm gonna have a similar question later, but what are you guys, the, you know, the things that you're seeing and the kind of the things that do keep you up at night, how do you wanna go about fixing them? So what, what do you think uh, you want to, to contribute to that, you know, moving forward, okay? Well, I think that the issues we see in the security industry are not going to be fixed by one person or even a small group of individuals. I, and, the, and you mentioned that I talked here at B-Sides earlier today, my presentation really pushed on getting the employment gap closed. And as, you know, the cyber warfare attacks that I mentioned kind of turn towards the United States and that threat becomes ever more real, we need more professionals in the industry to you know, take up the mantle of securing our infrastructure and our, our critical infrastructures specifically. Um, so I really kind of want to advocate for younger people getting involved in cybersecurity and wanting to learn about computers and all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We, we will definitely need, I, I can tell you that just standing out there, you know, manning the table, um, I had I had three or four or five organizations that came in say they were looking for security staff. And I had probably 15 people saying, hey, I'm looking for a security job, you know, and there is a uh, it really there's a disconnect there of trying to get people in, trying to get them trained up, trying to get them with experience and then getting them into the jobs. Um, so that's uh, that's something that we're dealing with as an industry is as, uh, as a problem. Um, 
I'm not sure we have quite the solutions yet, but I, I think uh, certainly uh, getting people more interested at a younger level, uh, not only is that helpful you know, from my perspective, the CISO is that they're getting more exposed to security, they, they understand security, but they're also now going to be hopefully going into the field with a security mindset. So that's, that's really great. Okay, Sean, how about you? What's, uh, what's your thoughts on fixing some of this stuff? Yeah, so like Kay had said, I think it is very important that we get cybersecurity introduced at a younger age. So there's more people that come just straight out of the gate into college with that uh, interest in the field. Um, but personally, I think really how I, you know, like the things that I brought up with, uh, with like monitoring your outbound traffic is, uh, Ideally, I would like to see once that they do get a bigger following in the field, more interest is um, dedicated teams possibly to each individual segment of security. So, you know, as of right now, you have like your app security, your network security, things like that in big corporations. Um, network security, personally, I, the way I see it in the future at some point is, especially if the field continues to grow, is you have individual teams for each network activity so you have like a team monitoring inbound traffic team monitoring outbound traffic and then taking corrective action regardless of what's happening if it's something that could be detrimental to your organization uh, and then also uh, instead of just monitoring inbound and outbound uh, lateral traffic within your organization is another big one because it doesn't have to be leaving it doesn't have to cross your border firewall to be detrimental because once they're in I mean, they're in, they can go across your network and depending upon the architecture of your network, you might not even notice it. Um, so that's something I think that, that, that could be done in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, security as, as an industry is very interesting because there's so many different aspects to it. Um, and each piece really is kind of a dedicated skill set. You know, you have a dedicated firewall person or that network traffic person. Uh, they may also do some of your logging and some of your ACLs and stuff, but that's a little different than what you're talking about earlier about that system side. You know, working on the servers, being that PowerShell person, you know, really understanding the Windows environment versus a Linux environment. Um, so I really do see. I agree with you. I see kind of a, a micro. Um, that looking at it at a micro level instead of a macro level, you don't have a security person that can do everything. You have several security people, each of the specialization that does that. And we're kind of seeing that now as we get into data security and privacy. You know, you have people that do privacy, some that do data security, some that do security. So uh, hopefully, as they get into the, as we move into the future, we'll be able to expand those teams and organizations won't just have a single one, two, or three people. They'll have five, six, seven, or eight, or fifteen, or thirty people based on the size of the network, and each group will do something really well. You know. Know, that uh, that jack of all trades, master of none. That's just scary, honestly. If you really need to have some masters, you need some people that can really do pieces really well in that environment to be to protect your to protect your organization. So, all right, Don, how about you? Okay, so thinking back on the on those supply chain attacks, it was not like 
that that's one that that's going to take a very very long time to even consider about fixing, because because realistically what that causes is a is a, like a fundamental change in the, in the philosophy we have as like, as like for business, uh, security in a lot in a, in a lot of ways like I, from my point of view is it has looked like it's been kind of like an expensive uh, like something that's like I'm required to do this or I'm, I'm going to get fined type of ordeal, which is a, a roadblock and a problem we're gonna, that we're going to run into for many years to come, I, like, I would guess, as I'm assuming it's probably been that way for many, many years. Um, but once we can, if we can change that, fundament, that fundamental shift in uh, the thought, I thought, our thought processes to where like, security is a very important concept that we need to continue um, furthering, then then I think we can start being like, okay, we can, we can actually focus on getting like products from sources that like are very reliable instead of the cheapest sources that we can find that we're like it might be sketchy it might not we'll find out type of thing yeah you know i was i was at a uh an event a couple of days ago and we were specifically talking about um sourcing products that have software on there that may already have malicious software on them and uh you know that's something that a lot of organizations are just now learning to deal with uh, when they get a new computer in and they get a, uh, a new hardware device and maybe a camera maybe it's an iot device um thinking about if that software is already compromised you know and and what they have to do to protect that and verify that in particular organization so that's something that's a uh, becoming a bigger and bigger issue you know there's all kinds of warnings that come out from the fbi and other things that say hey you know these these devices are are suspect you know be careful and that's something that we as a as an industry as a, as a CISO I need to think of like do I have any of those devices are they on my network are they on my network and I don't know about it you know do I how can I scan for them and, and that's why I have you guys to, to help me scan for some of that stuff so okay well um one of the things I really want to talk about, you know, is having you guys here. You know, we are, uh, I've had people where I've talked with them. I know Kim has had people where, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the show that talk about it's hard to find, um, uh, staff and it's hard to fill staff positions and it's hard to, to bring in cybersecurity professionals. So we always get it from like my side, from the CISO side. I want to get it from your guys' side. I what do you see? What do you see from the hiring for or the the jobs in cybersecurity moving to the future? I mean, you guys are our future. You know, you guys will be doing hopefully doing cybersecurity when I'm long gone. You know, so you guys are the the future of our cybersecurity professionals. So, what do you see? I'm going to later. I'm going to ask you. You know, what excites you and what's uh, what's scary about it? But just what are you seeing? What are you seeing from your fellow students? What are you seeing from you know the industry? What 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 do you see? All right. Dave? So. I'm glad you asked this because this is right in my wheelhouse of research <laughs> recently. So, um, and, you know, as I mentioned, my entire talk today was based on you know how do we close the employment and the gender gap in our industry using K through 12 education, and just kind of throwing some some statistics out there. These come from a study done by Cyber.org. Is only 45% of high school educators that were polled in this survey stated that their school was learning anything about cybersecurity or their students were. And that's a crazy number because the asterisk there is it includes digital literacy and cyberbullying trainings, which 
know, at least in my eyes, I didn't choose to pursue cybersecurity just because I learned about cyberbullying. Uh, you know, these topics are great for younger age groups, but they don't really constitute an interest or growth of interest. And so I really think that the hiring issue is just there's not people coming into the degree program, especially young women. Like, we need to put these topics in front of children at younger ages. And nowadays, there's activities that are suitable for any age. So, you know, putting these younger age groups in front of this material, it gets that interest going. And then once they reach high school and decide where they want to go to college, you know, they're ready to pursue those kinds of degrees. Yeah, you know, I've got two young daughters um, and they're getting, you know, they're getting to those ages where I really want them to learn cybersecurity and, and, and computers, but it's not just because I want them to be safe. I mean, I do but because I want them to be aware of this moving forward. Um, and, and what concerns me is how to get their attention. It's really hard as a dad to say, hey, I need you to I need you to do cybersecurity. You know, I don't want to be that type of father, but, you know, getting them engaged and getting them talking about, you know, this, uh, they're already paranoid, which is great, you know, <laughs> passwords. I had them using passwords when they were five years old. Oh my God. So I, I think I've done an okay job with that, but I really want to get them prepared. You know, how do I get them involved? You know, because hopefully they they are will they will be the next generation, the next wave of cybersecurity professionals, even after you guys, the next one coming in. So I'm I'm thinking about that. Go ahead. Can I have one more thing? Yeah. So and on that note too, like learning cybersecurity is becoming more and more of like a required part of your education in the sense that you know everyone carries around a phone or they carry on laptops and they rely on technology for everything they do you know our cars have screens and sometimes have internet yeah. so it's like cybersecurity is becoming more of a baseline knowledge yep. that you need to have yeah. so putting students in front of that regardless of whether or not they decide to pursue it is beneficial to everyone in the security community yeah no i agree i think uh, it, it's, it's mandatory you know, and, and it's a, I think it's a cultural thing too. The culture, the, the, the society needs to lift their cybersecurity awareness up so they're aware of what's going on as well. Okay, Sean, how about you? Yeah, um, so pretty much what Kate had said, I think that the reason why we're having such a hard time finding cybersecurity professionals now is that you just, I mean, people just aren't aware of it as a career option early on enough in their lifetime. Um, I seriously, I didn't have any idea that it was a career option until I was a freshman in college. And I have always been interested in technology for a long time. And um, so really, I, like she said, I think it's really important that you find uh, people at a young age and get them started with the educational things and, it, and you know it doesn't have to be anything huge it can be like a game or something that teaches oh so this is a password how long should it be should you use 2fa that kind of thing it doesn't have to be overwhelmingly technical i mean there's i'm sure there's sources out there that you could just play a game and get kids interested and then the ones that it really sticks to you could continue that education going forward in their high school years as electives because when i was in high school i mean most of the electives they offered me one of the electives that i took was it was called computer science but it it was YouTube class and we watched YouTube videos and I got a computer science credit out of that. So I really think that 
replacing classes like those with things where you learn practical skills, especially for people that are interested in the field, uh, it would be, is a really good idea. It, it really is because then you're replacing all of this just idle time at high school with things that students can grow their interests and move into college with a better idea on what they want to do. And then hopefully as they move through college, then they can get internships earlier and uh, not just wait until sophomore, junior year. Maybe they can get one after freshman year. if They have enough knowledge. Um, and then hopefully if they continue that trend, um, they can get uh, the, the, the hiring problem. They'll have more people that will want to work in the field. So thinking about that, and then we're going to get to Don in just a second, but thinking about that issue in the schools, do you think it's because we don't have enough cybersecurity professionals to come into those schools to teach? Absolutely. I really, I really do because um, it's, it's kind of like the way that I think of it is kind of like a, uh, like a, like a, like a trickle down effect sort of is we don't have people that want to work in industry right now. How are they expecting to have teachers that want to work in K through 12 education, especially in Oklahoma for a salary that isn't that great teaching cybersecurity? Um, so, you know, it really is. It, that's it's one of those things where if they, they continue, they foster it from a young age and maybe pay teachers a little bit better in the state, then then I think that, that yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, one of the interesting things about cybersecurity professionals is um, once you're in the mindset, you never get out of it. Yeah. And uh, when you have people who are, they're getting, they've, they've kind of done their their stuff in cybersecurity and they're, they're retiring, I'm really hoping that those people go back into the education system and teach because they've done it, um, they're, they're experienced at it. Um, they uh, they retired. Maybe they want to get out of the uh, twenty four by seven, three sixty five type schedule. And, but that that value of that experience is really important. And getting that in front of people to to show students, hey, this is this is important stuff, and it's fun. I mean, honestly, I try to make it fun at the sock, but this stuff is fun. You know, once you get into it, and and you can find an account or find a compromised machine. It's kind of fun, you know, block someone from attacking stuff, you know, it's uh, long hours. It can be very long hours, but there is a satisfaction there, you know, not only of finding the bad stuff, but also protecting people. So, okay, Don, how about you? All right, so I'm going to go probably a different a different direction with this than these other two did, um, which I agree, I agree with all, both their points. It's very, very important. Um, but what, what I've noticed as well is there's, uh, just prior to actually going coming to uh, the University of Tulsa, um, I was looking at trying just breaking into the field with just certifications from like CompTIA um, and like organizations such as that. Um, just seeing if I could get, say get a help desk job, do this, do that, follow a career path that like uh, I saw on Reddit, Reddit or something. Um, <clears throat> but then looking at then looking at on LinkedIn and looking at jobs, it's like there's not very many entry level jobs that even want someone who is like has just those baseline credentials they want you to have work experience so on and so forth so i think a lot of employers are looking for a finished product with their um with, with the person they're trying to hire looking for a finished product you're never going to find a, like, someone that's a perfect fit for what you're looking for in your role um that you're hiring for or nine times out of ten you're not going to find a perfect fit now, I might just be crazy, who knows, but um, it, there's going to be a lot of training involved, like hiring somebody, so it's like a lot of people don't want to put the time and effort into uh, developing 
uh, in the new employees, but which, so I just I can consider myself lucky that Jonathan was more than happy to put in the time. You know, I uh, I had somebody bring me a, I was in a meeting a couple of days ago down um, in Oklahoma City and they brought me a, a, a job description and I was reading the job description and uh, it, it's really interesting to look at the job descriptions from organizations that may not have security professionals uh, because they, they there's a lot of pieces they want in that security professional that there's just no way and I asked the, uh, the person, I was like, can you tell me, and she was just sharing it, you know, and I was like, well, can you tell me how this person gets the skill set? You know, there, there's a, a natural process of people gaining skills. You know, you may come into the help desk, you may grow into CSRT and then move into security, which is exactly what I did. Or you may be in networking or infrastructure or whatever, and you grow into security. But there's a natural progression of skills. And, and when you read a, res or a, a job description, a lot of times there's there's very uh, strange combinations of the skill sets. It's, it's a unicorn job description. Um, so I talked with her and I, I helped her. I was like, you know, I've, I've done this a long time and, and, I, and let me help you figure out what you need and let's figure out what how those people would get those jobs to give them the skill sets to be ready for this job and where they would be at in their career. Um, so that, that's actually one of the things that I'm going to ask you guys, but Kate, you've got to... Yeah, and well, I think what you just said kind of ties back to a comment that was made earlier about you know separating security jobs into their specialties like another thing that i've heard of a lot with hiring is that they expect you to like you said be the unicorn and know just because you're a security expert means you know everything which is nearly impossible when it comes to security so segmenting off you know i might be the web app girl and you know he sean can do windows better than i can but you know it just depends on what your specialty is there's different subsections and yeah. sometimes employers i think struggle to realize that i think a lot of them they just they have this idea that they need security but they don't have anyone helping them understand what that means. I mean, because security is governance and frameworks and security controls and uh, endpoints and servers and cloud services. There's a lot of stuff inside of security. So those things are, it's its scary sometimes that they, they just may not know. Um, okay, well, speaking of scary, that's my next question. What scares you about the future? What scares you about you getting a job in cybersecurity moving forward. Now, we kind of touched on a little bit, but I want to know what is down deep in your heart. What what is that? That I I, I don't know about that. That scares me. What what is that? I think for me, it kind of what I mentioned is that it is so broad. Um, I know when I started college, I kind of got into everything all at once, and like. For perspective on how little I really knew when I started college, I didn't know what Linux was. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know it was a third operating system. I was like, what is Linux? Um, so in doing that, I kind of started getting into the broad swath of everything. In the first year, I had done pen testing, blue teaming, uh, Linux, Windows, web app, like all of it. And it was you know really broad knowledge that was about three inches deep. And so... I'm kind of working on trying to figure out what I want to specialize in when I get to an actual, like my career, my long-term career. And I think kind of that intimidating notion that there's just so many different avenues and some that I probably don't even know of yet. 
yeah, that I, I can see that it's scary. I mean, it's scary for me, and I've been doing this for a little bit. You know, just thinking about all the stuff we have to do and how to get the skill sets to do that. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Yeah, personally, when I think about my future in a cybersecurity career, I think the number one thing that kind of freaks me out the most is maintaining the confidentiality of your data because there is very little room for error in that department because once it's gone, it's gone. You can't, you know, <laughs> you know, they, oh, they found the user password. Everybody has to reset their password. Yeah, but like PII, that's just something that you can't, there's no room for error on that. And that's something that when I think about working in cybersecurity, I'm like, I've got to get really good at this and maintain good policies and just understand that in that CIA triad, that's personally, in my opinion, the most important thing um, because, like I said, it's gone. You can't get it back. It's out there. People are selling the information and it's just, yeah. So that's probably the scariest part of it for me. Yeah. Well, that warms my heart because I'm a, I'm a privacy guy. You know, uh, most of my or a lot of my certifications are in privacy and I do a lot with privacy. So that's that is actually something I want more security professionals to think about is we're not doing this just to secure systems anymore. We're doing this to protect people and we're doing this to protect their data. So, yeah, that that really does warm my heart. So you get bonus points for that. I can't give you a raise, but I can give you bonus points. <laughs> OK, Don, how about you? So. See, for me, I think it would have to be, the, what, what scares me the most is like, like a lot about what Kate was saying was it's a very, very broad field and inevitably, inevitably the chances are you're gonna miss something and you're gonna miss something big. Um, that's what scares me the most is missing something very large and it causing a lot of damage, even though it's like, I'm not the only one looking at these things. Well, what if, but what if I could have done like the what if scenario of what if I could have done something to change X, Y, and Z? That's what, that's what definitely scares me the most. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that, that really does affect a lot of security professionals. Um, good ones. I know a lot of security professionals that would not care one bit about it, um, and they don't last long in the industry. But those that that really do care, they'll they're they're willing to to, to shoulder that fear and to, to move forward and to to make a difference in the industry. So that, that's really great. I'm glad you guys are thinking about those things because that's really important to me. Um, I can tell you this is not a job. Uh, this this is not even a career. This truly is a part of who you are uh, when you get into cybersecurity. Um, at least I hope it is. I, I want it to be, and I, I try to do that at the SOC is try to let you guys kind of explore that. Um, but it's uh, when, when I talk about the the seven days a week, you know, twenty four hours a day type stuff. You know, I kind of make a joke of that, but it's not because. You know the job requires that is because you're always thinking about it you know when you see a news article online you know or you see you hear something on the radio you're, you're constantly thinking is that how is that going to affect my my family how's it going to affect my organization so you should always be thinking about that it becomes part of who you are you know and the the good security professionals that i like being around and that i like going and listening to and i like seeing here at the conferences they all do that you know and, and it, it's really important to, to be if you're going to do this job you need to be passionate about it you know you got to have that passion to protect people uh, because that's what's going to be helpful to you um okay so think about your your first job your next job or uh your next career after after uh, college or after you get through this program 
what are you going to look for in an organization? You know, what kinds of things are you going to be, when you go to the organization, either a security organization or an organization that has a security department or how, what are you going to be looking for? What, what is it do you want? What's your, uh, what's your, your, your checklist of things that you're going to be looking for? So I think for me on that, I've got a couple of really big ones. For one, I want, what I'm looking for is a, in a company are people that never want to stop learning. Because cybersecurity is an ever-changing field. It will never be the same. You know, we got new vulnerabilities coming out every day, new ways of securing those vulnerabilities every day. So just constantly striving to learn and to teach is something that I look for. Um, I had one other one and it kind of escaped my brain. You might have to circle back around. <laughs> you might have to just circle back around. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. How about Sean? How about you? Yeah, sure. So, you know, in my previous uh, you know, internship searches and just job searches, I've really kind of held close to a few things. Uh, one of which is I really want a corporation or a company that will uh, closely match my values because usually if you go work someplace and they don't believe in the same things you do, you're not going to last there and you're not going to be happy and you're not going to feel fulfilled. Um, in addition to that, kind of like what Kate had said, I really think it's important that a company uh, foster the growth of their employees because, you know, getting a college degree, that's great and all, but once you go out into the field, it's not going to stay the same from what you've learned in college for your whole entire career. It's going to continue to change and morph into different things. And I think a company that provides learning opportunities for their employees, maybe giving them the opportunity to go get some certifications you know, just to, to maintain that ability to learn things and keep current on what, you know, cybersecurity is in that day and age, whether it be now or 10 years from now. I, I just think it's really important that they match your values and they uh, they will foster that growth. Yeah, I agree. I think training is absolutely critical. And uh, I heard years ago, uh, I think it was on a podcast where somebody had said that their supervisor required them to get a certification each year and i thought that was the best thing ever so when i when i took over the CISO role that was one of my requirements for all of my staff is they need to get a certification a year which means they have to do the training and they have to go through the content and they have to get that certification um, and i feel true to that uh, because i agree with you i think that if you're not learning you're falling behind yeah uh, if you're not staying on top of this stuff that it becomes a really difficult thing to catch up so, all right, Don, how about you? What do you want in the company? Well, once again, I have been overshadowed by my, my peers, and uh, uh, they've all said the same things that I want, that I, I definitely want to see in the company as well. It's going to be training. Just teach me the, the new things and like, teach me, like, you know, make me grow as a person. Like, and staying in, like, going to a place where I'm not going to be taught anything new is almost worthless for the, fa for the sole fact that it's like you're going to stagnate and not become relevant in the industry at all. Um, as well as like a, a company that's actually passionate about the process, the security process. Because um, if it's if the company's not actually passionate about it, and they're like, "Yep, well, you y'all go go to your corner, do your thing." Well, I could just stay in the military for that. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'll say that I think a lot of organizations get into that mode because they're kind of scared of it. They're scared of security. They're scared of what they don't know for one thing, but they're scared of being told something really bad. Um, so I think that to some degree to kind of defeat that, we have to we have to change the culture across the board of the organization to realize that, yeah, you might find some bad stuff. You know, it's just a reality, but you, 
you got to find it so you can fix it. And then fixing it makes you better all the way around. So, you know, I think that's really important. So, okay. Um, we, we've got the last few minutes, and I, I will encourage people to, uh, um, uh, to, to throw any uh, last questions they have into the chat so we can ask. We've got just a few minutes left. So one of the things that I want to ask is across the, across the board, and we're actually going to start the other direction, so we're going to have Don go first on this one. Um, what do you want to be known for? So think about five years in the future, 10 years in the future, when people are talking about you and they're saying, hey, Don is this uh, the cybersecurity professional I saw at the, at the conference, and let me tell you what he did. What, what is something you want them to know about you or that, that kind of excites you of being that person that did something? What is it that you want them to, to remember about you? Well, I just a lot of like people to remember before is that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter your background. You can do that if you really have a passion for doing something like this. You can. All you gotta do is put in the time and effort. Yep. Okay. Good. All right, Sean. How about you? I think that five years in the future, what I'd like to be remembered for the most are a couple of things. Um, I'd like to be known as a hard worker. Um, I've had multiple jobs in my past and pretty much every single one of them. I like to think that they all thought that I worked hard to accomplish goals. Uh, and then in, in, uh, in addition to that, it kind of goes back to that thing about continuing to learn. I want people to know me as a lifelong learner. Um, I'm probably never going to stop trying to learn new things, especially, like I said, in a field like this. It's very important that you continue to uh, learn new things and keep current on what's important. And, you know, to wrap it up, I agree with both of what they said, but uh, I think for me, I want to be remembered as an inspiration and a role model, you know, for whether you're a young girl who doesn't know what they're getting themselves into, or, you know, you've been doing this for years and you're trying to learn a new skill, whatever it may be, I would like to be that inspirational role model for people. Well, that's great. I, number one, I think all of you will be, you know, everything you guys want to be. You, know, you already are. Um, so I, uh, I want to close out here and I, I want to say just a couple of quick things. Number one, thank you all for coming and joining uh, me today and joining the, uh, uh, the show and, and talking with us about what you're seeing as uh, the future cybersecurity professional. I think we've got some great opportunities moving into the future. Um, so just some quick uh, information. We've got the next FutureCon conference is going to be April 20th in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Kim is putting on some really great shows and we've got record attendance on those shows. So I think that's going to be a, a, another great one. Um, I hope everyone has a, a, a great afternoon. We're going to go back to the B-sides and catch some more sessions. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you guys can find us on Voice America and you can find us on your favorite podcast. So I hope everyone has a great afternoon. Thanks all. Thank you, Kim. Uh, when you see this, thanks for having us and letting the students come in and play. So you guys, uh, um, this has been a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you uh, talking us through the, the things that you're seeing and the things that we're seeing that we, we need to change in the future in the industry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, it's going to uh, it's, it's going to be a great time moving forward for for you guys in, in, in your in your roles and uh, in the things that you guys are going to be doing. Um, I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right, I think the, we're going to get cut off here in a, just a second. So we're going to let them uh, kill our connection. Uh
for tuning into And Security for All. Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem, for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakem. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events. 